0: Welcome to the podcast ninety three ninety four. I am Travis Roy. Oh man, you know when you're a kid, you've not interacted with enough people probably to get a real sense of what is and what is not "quote unquote" normal. You have yet to learn that normal is it's a fucking construct. You know that it's a fantasy. Um, it's an abstract. And you, or perhaps myself even, might, you know, at the time, labor under this mistaken belief that you are less than or wrong somehow, you know, incorrect, that you're just doing it wrong, and that you're weird. And then you get out there in the world (laughs) a little bit, you start interacting with people, and it's like, oh, fuck me, that's uh I'm disappointed to learn that I've got my shit together more than so many other people. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and argue that I have my shit together or even that you do. But you and I both know that we have our shit together more than, you know, whoever that guy is on the freeway who just pissed us off. We've got that going for us. And my point here is that when I was 13, 14, 15 years old, I thought I was pretty damn weird. Weird. And was unnecessarily shy and embarrassed about some things. I, you know, As I got further into my friend group and that friend group grew stronger, I became more confident in discussing what I believed in and what I liked and what I thought about. And one of those people that helped me get that confidence was Morgan Peek, uh, one of my best friends from high school. But you know, we became friends probably 95, 96 or so. As he and I discuss on the show, we interacted to some degree since we were little kids, but we didn't really become friends until well into high school and would learn that, hey, there's a lot that he and I had in common. And if we were weird, we were weird together, which is the best way to be. So here's me and Morgan in our full-on normalness, which is to say we're as weird as you and everybody else. Here we are talking about the Jawbox album for your own special sweetheart that came out in 1994 and fucking kicked my ass. And Morgan's too. Uh, and probably yours if you're listening to this podcast. But maybe not. If you're not familiar with the album, do check it out. There are many remastered versions available. But for now, here is me and my old friend Morgan Peak. Talking for your own special sweetheart. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Hello.
1: Oh, my God. What's happening? Yep. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi.
0: Hey, uh. hey buddy. <laughs> no, what's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Good to see your face, man. I haven't talked to you or seen you in yeah. a long time. It's been a
1: while. Thanks for having me on this uh this thing, man.
0: Dude, thank you
1: for coming on. It feels weird because I got these headphones in, like, all right, here we go. All right, we're good. We're good. Of
0: course in the nineties, like that's how you listen to all music was on headphones, but it wasn't like wasn't like the in the ear, or it was like the over the foamy jobs. The giant ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The big weird ones on the
1: pioneer stereo that my dad had.
0: Yeah. 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 Or like the like the little foamy jobs that have like the little gray like oh, you know what I mean? yeah
1: yeah i do remember those and then the little fuzz would fall off of it and then i just put the <laughs> other ones gym yeah
0: yeah if they got old enough so uh
1: <laughs> how you been where you're in fort myers right i live in fort myers i uh ride my bike to work that's over nice. at the paul yeah the assisted living facility so i do some cooking over there and that's awesome uh
0: yeah tell the people how you and i know one another
1: i met you man it's been a Geez, a long time ago. Where Mm. did I first meet you? Freshman year? No, well, way before that, because I was thinking about that Smashing Pumpkin shirt I wore back in middle school because you were talking about Space Boy.
0: Yeah. I think I met you in sixth grade, maybe. Which elementary school did you go to? Village. Yeah, that's what I thought. We knew each other at Village. I mean, like, we weren't friends necessarily, but we both went to Village Elementary yeah went to village my first memory was in middle school was it middle school maybe i don't know my earliest memory of you is i think middle school i remember like walking through the hallway and you were like out in the hall because you were in trouble and i oh, I, yeah. I wasn't in trouble i had just gone to the bathroom but i remember like that was like the first exchange that we had and i was like hey, did you get in trouble you're like yeah i got in <laughs> trouble too. I was like, that kid's cool.
1: (laughs) I was thinking the same thing of you and I just didn't know what to think. I was like, I do remember that was at farms middle school. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first
0: time I think we ever actually spoke, which I don't remember that with a lot of my friends, but I do remember that with you.
1: I remember when you played disarm <laughs>
0: referenced on the on yep. my second okay. episode. Yeah. And your episode was
1: awesome. I got Thank to you. hear Aaron and yeah, I distinctly remember that. <laughs> I think we were friendly
0: by that point. Yeah. I
1: was like, I got to try to be cool with this guy. Cause he's playing guitar in front of everybody.
0: And I want to do that. And of course, you did do that, and we ended up being in many bands together. Yeah. Very hilariously to me, somehow, like in the school yearbook, you ended up not getting class musician. And I did, because everyone remembered me playing disarm because <laughs> I know like four chords on guitar. <laughs> and like here is like this virtuoso, which I'm mean, like, um no, no, not not like anything like that. <laughs> you you've always been a very talented guitarist. You're modest, but you know that you are you know, you're a talented guy. You've got, I you right. know that about yourself. I, I'm all right. I have, I have my moments. You have your moments. Yeah. Technical, very technical
1: playing yeah. and whatnot. You know, I could do a little, little, little this, little that, you know, little what have you. Would you say the jaw box was uh, an influence to you as a kid? Unbelievable! I was just watching them on 120 minutes because I was like, "Oh, we're going to talk about job box. I better know something about them." Instead of just obsessing <laughs> <picked> about <laughs> how to obsessing. No, I know it's 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 incredible. That album is like unbelievable to me. And I was just listening to them talk with the guy, and I was like, "This guy is
0: awful." The guy interviewing. Oh, is it Louis Largent? yeah, <laughs> yeah. knew his name? he was like the program director over there, so oh, he okay. like would be responsible for getting us into I mean, I don't know about you, but I got into them from the savory video from hundred twenty minutes, but yeah, he wasn't a great interviewer.
1: has the rave thing come on in d c yet is that uh yeah. has that hit those shores yet? That's nothing we would really know about <laughs> I would yeah. picture you guys as okay right there No, no. we sit at home sucking and read the books. pacifiers yeah. That was a really stupid question. So, uh. <laughs> the whole time I'm thinking, okay, this is awesome. He's doing an okay job, and then it just gets worse and worse. And I noticed he wasn't <laughs> really talking about the songs. He was talking about like the cover, and then he was talking about like the scene. And I was like, is this guy even heard John <laughs> And then I was like, man. So anyway, I was, it, it just weirded me out. But uh, yeah, the Savory video was incredible. Be- and then it started to remind me of that time about. All the other videos have this like surreal feel, like mm-hmm. kind of had the same 90s feel, and it was just interesting to look at it. Black Hole Sun, yeah, the early 90s videos like
0: 100%. <laughs> I know a lot of them were directed by Spike Jones, like when he was getting off his feet, and a lot of them were kind of like had a similar sort of vibe like it'd always be like in someone's backyard and like <laughs> the dig believe yeah looking like the neighborhood from edward scissorhands yes and it'd always, but it'd be like some surreal kind of like oh, like is it consumerism terrible but we're on mtv <laughs> <laughs> tongue yeah. in cheek you're
1: putting it into words much better than i, I was <laughs> trying to but that's exact in all of them so anyway that video was super cool but i didn't really get into them and we didn't have mtv and we didn't have cable at. And mm-hmm. when I lived on Green Road over there, so I just got into it because I bought the CD from that Columbia house, eight CDs for
0: a penny. Uh-huh, <laughs> yep, okay. I got the cassette from the 13 for a penny from Columbia house. It blew my mind. I was like,
1: nobody knows about it. This is going to be my band. And I wrote like <laughs> jaw and box on my converse that like I yeah. went to Kmart with my mom
0: to get, I was like, yes, I got it. You know. And here we were, like, at the same school at the same time, both thinking that we alone were listening to Jawbox. And that's the incredible thing. I didn't know how much
1: exposure they got on MTV because we didn't really have it. I think I had to go to my grandparents to, like, watch it. Yeah. And, like, I just remember, like, they're this obscure band. But I come to find out they're really not that obscure. They were pretty well known. They obviously got signed to Atlantic.
0: My house, my mom's house anyways, got cable in like 92 or 93. So I was very deliberately staying up every Sunday night and recording (laughs) 120 minutes and then watching that recording like over and over and over again. For there was a while, I I mean, I wish I still had it, but I had like just volumes of that stuff. So I imagine a lot of people like us across the country were like thinking like, oh, nobody else knows Dig or, you know, whoever. Jawbox in this case but in fact that's funny because all those bands
1: were from the eight cds that i got for a penny dude like you're doing there, <laughs> like uh monster the rem mm-hmm. cd uh and then uh uh you just a dig yeah uh, a cracker but that was the one that was like the gem out of the whatever cds i got and i was like automatic for
0: the people was another one but i was like this is incredible I've already said on the show before that I like I did a few accounts. I did BMG too, and I made some fake Columbia House names. But that mail yeah. order of service, which has got to be like the worst business model in history, had a, what a tremendous impact <laughs> on a generation of kids that you know could not be <laughs> held to contracts. Yeah, <laughs> it just got so many albums that way.
1: Yeah, I, that's all I really remember
0: about that. And then I got the album. And I was like, this every second on it is amazing. Yeah. So, okay. Every second on this album is amazing. Let's talk about the albums a little bit more in depth. You and I had talked over text in advance. We both joked about the fact that neither one of us are great at song names. Like literally, like I'm like looking at the album before you and I went on. I'm like, oh yeah, that one is you trow That one is real. I get them reversed. Exactly the same. (laughs) I
1: did the exact same thing. And I'm thinking to myself, like cooling card or green glass. I couldn't get them straight. They're side by side. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I've started thinking, what's the downside of the album? And I was like, I don't know. Every it's one of the few albums where, uh-huh. and they are very few. I can like on one hit, like every second, I absolutely like. I just play it the whole way through. You know.
0: So you have no criticisms? There's no weak points on the album? If there
1: is a song that I have to choose, that I would be
0: like, I eh. don't have to. I mean, L-S-M-F-T. LSMFT. Yeah, I like that one. But go ahead.
1: only reason i know that is because i just looked <laughs> at it <laughs> that is not even the down one like a, it's just that would be the one if i was forced to like skip or not listen to uh-huh it might be it might be that one like it's incredible
0: I agree. This is not an album with a lot of low points in it. I don't have a lot of criticisms. I, I think Gunterby has had to make one. I, I don't feel that Whitney Walks is a really strong album ender. I think it's, for me, it's it's a little bit kind of yeah. Like, cause, cause I, the album's so relentless and aggressive; it just kind of like does not let up. And then you get to the very end, it's kind of like, oh, hmm, okay.
1: Yeah, I and I can understand that. Like the reason I didn't pick that one though is because. It, as you go along, it starts to like be more I don't cohesive and it starts yeah. to like I just fall into it. It builds up nice. And L S M F T it's just like eh, it's I think it's in three four and it just it feels a little bit repetitive, but again, that it doesn't it's an awesome hook. So yeah. It's like, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So we don't have to criticize. What about gun to your head best song on the album? I don't know why I'm always putting guns <sighs> uh-huh. to heads, but
1: well, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not a violent guy. No, you. are <laughs> oh,
0: anti. Uh, let's see. Mean, yeah, I mean, own a gun, let alone many guns, just to necessitate That would necessitate the a gun rack. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. Uh, so, best song? Is that the one?
0: Yeah, yeah. What what stands out to you? If you had to pick a best song, just one. One. Name one best song on this album, if you can, sir. I challenge you
1: man that's it's so tough green it was the green glass is that the one that's motorist is pretty awesome yeah i'm just i could just name up just uh, name all the songs yeah because i i mean you can go down the list i mean like the ones it's not it's not savory.
0: it's not it's funny that almost to me that they made that the single although i do love the song i mean it's kind of in the middle of the album for me in terms of favorites i think cooling card for me that baseline is so sick it just really pulls me in
1: It's more of a, what's, it's more of like a crazier one. If I like, um, it's jackpot plus. In yeah. She, oh, it's so intense. In. That one's intense. And then there's the one that's, uh, is it cruel swing? I think is right next to it. Six.
0: Watch. Right. That one's, <laughs> yes.
1: That one's awesome. Um, FF equals six, six is he invites the yeah, store. Not it their lives, lyrics. By, that's so st- when I first heard that I was like, what is happening? Is there an alien? Like I couldn't but now if I don't think about the lyrics, I can yeah. just talk about like he invites In the story. <laughs> <by laughs> With fears that are not fears. Of and then it starts and
0: I just trying to crack the code and I was like,
1: A, B, C, E, E, F. I'm like, F is number six in the alphabet. That's why it's called F.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny to me to start an album with maybe the least accessible song on the album. And the lyrics are not your own. They're from some poem <laughs> by some other dude. Okay. It's a yeah. kind of an interesting choice for them to have made.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And then again, one of the things that I really loved about the entire album and Jawbox, that, like the lyrics are jagged and weird and it's not about like like motorist. Mm-hmm. I guess is about this bizarre love with an automobile accident. But even they said that it's just like it is what you make of it, like the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I always loved that because I was so used to hearing like all these songs about women, like when my dad would listen to like yeah. the Allman Brothers, which I love. Sure. But I was like, this is something cool, man, because I don't understand what's going on. It's abstract <laughs> and inter- interpretive. Yeah. 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 Uh, I got a lot from that, and then there were other bands that I felt were doing the same thing, way like in the future, like. It started to make more sense to me. Like bands that
0: they influenced?
1: Yeah, like At The Drive-In, for example. Mm-hmm. I always think of them when it's just like these lyrics that don't, like stream of consciousness
0: type lyrics, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it, but... I was thinking the same exact thing, the same exact band. And I thought it was so hip.
1: I thought it was super cool.
0: Yeah. No, it is. I mean, I mean, I wrote a lot of lyrics and I always considered Steve Malkmus and Jay Robbins kind of specifically uh, impactful for how I wrote in terms of just being like... Uh, whatever fits. the lyrics are an instrument too. And so like just whatever I have to say to make the sound that feels right. Exactly what I'm actually saying is fucking meaningless.
1: Yes, because everybody will take it on their own meaning of it. So it was awesome. Yeah. But I'm I'm no lyricist. So I mean, like, I really was focused on the song as a whole. I was like, these are incredible because there weren't solos and there weren't it was just Right, it was very new to me because I was so used to hearing the standard Jimi Hendrix type thing. You're sure. going to take a lead now. It was awesome, <laughs>
0: you <laughs> yeah. know. And it felt genreless at the time. Like, I mean, now they'd be like, "Oh, it's yes. PC Post Hardcore," blah, blah, blah. But like to me at the time, no idea what that right, meant. Right, and I still did <laughs> not. I'm not sure if I know what that means. Like, I, it's alternative. It's indie rock. Like whatever. Like they always just felt so uniquely themselves. And while I I have heard bands. Yes sense them that sound like them and i'm sure that there's a bands and i've heard you know "Rights of spring and that kind of stuff that came before them but still like this yeah. just feels i don't know it feels very uh unique and did you ever get much into their stuff before or after this
1: album see that was the thing too and that was like their before stuff i never got into mm-hmm. and if i'm just being totally honest i don't really listen to that stuff mm-hmm. i was comparing them to like bands that have are. Albums or whatever. Like, I'll listen to the first two Weezer albums, and I won't listen to anything else. I'll listen to, you know, and it'll go on and on. But there'll be albums, right? So that Jawbox album, and then the one after it—the self-titled album. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely incredible. But this one specifically was really what I latched onto. And I heard some of the stuff that they did before they signed to Atlantic, and. Mm -hmm again if i'm being totally honest it just didn't do, have do the be same it, it wasn't as good in my opinion
0: and it also wasn't recorded as well it was a lot rougher of recordings because like it they was, hadn't quite you know they weren't on sire records or whatever they ended up or interscope whatever they ended up being on i should atlantic and, atlantic yeah you.
1: and they're so the harmonies are incredible how they and i knew they had the freedom to do what they wanted but that sound is unbelievable to me and especially I think it's because again a 90s thing is there's a girl bassist with a pick
0: Well, there's something about, and I, I, don't, I don't mean to gender that, but since, since yeah, you I did. It, no, but you're right, because there is something about bands like them and like Talking Heads and the Pixies where the bass lines are so upfront and they so carry the whole, like they're, they're really like, I don't know how to describe it, but they tend to be like very uh, bass centric bands in a way that really
1: works. Yeah, the way it sounds is it's really punchy and it's like a mid range that And that was the cool thing, too, is like I never heard anything that was... When I listened to it on headphones, I couldn't hear anybody, anything, because it was this... There's a certain bottom end that, again, Mm -hmm. it didn't have. It has like this low mid that I could just absolutely crank, and it was like the loudest, (laughs) just abrasive music. But at the same time, it had these unbelievably beautiful harmonies that they had. I don't know. I'm still in all of it.
0: It came out 94th? February 8th of 1994. Yeah,
1: so I was just, I was like, wow, this is incredible.
0: Well, I'm gonna have to agree with you. Like, I listen to Novelty and Grip some, um, especially Novelty, Grip hardly ever. Yeah. Yeah. But mostly this album and the self-titled after are pretty much what I go to. Did you ever get into Burning Airlines? I never got into them myself. I did. Uh, yeah, I listened to,
1: um, I think it's called Mission Control. I'm not sure Mission what Mission Control,
0: they, yeah, the first I, album. They're on
1: my, um, yeah, my brother actually got into them more. And then I think I got one of his CDs and listened to it. And it's amazing. It's incredible.
0: Yeah, but I just never sunk my teeth into it, right? Yeah,
1: right, right. Jawbox was always the one that I would go to. And I listened to them on occasion. And a side note is, I think because they came out right when the towers collapsed, they canceled some of their shows. And they got less publicity because they were called Burning Airlines. That was a fuck-up. Yeah, it was crazy. But I have to say that because of the way they recorded it, it was so hard to figure out what they were playing. Not because Uh, it wasn't clear This album or or the Burning Airlines album? uh, For Your Own Special Sweetheart Okay Which gave it more of like an enigma or mystique Because I couldn't figure out what they were doing Yeah Because when there's a bottom end I could always figure out what the bottom notes would go there But the way that they recorded it was incredible But I've started to crack the code I think
0: it's starting to demystify it a little bit which
1: kind of scares me because i kind of don't want to because i was like it's one of those few bands again you know that have these albums that i that i can't figure out how to play
0: well, you know, I mean, you think about music so much more differently than I do because you like you reverse engineer it and you want to like break it down and like learn it. And and to me, it's it's all you know, I, I've never been good at guitar and that kind of stuff. But I, at the same time, I totally get what you're saying about it feeling almost mystical. It's such a it's such a whole album in a way that not a lot of albums are. It's like really um it's really cohesive as one. Yes, thing.
1: I totally I totally agree. And all those standard words that you would read, and like the like, it's got that jagged, angular, discordy sound. I didn't know any <laughs> of that stuff. Like so, yeah. when, when I heard it in '94, I was like, oh, "It sounds poppy, but it sounds abrasive. It sounds like it could fit into any genre, but it yeah. also sounds like it could be played on the radio because it's got like it's very listenable." But then at the same
0: time, I know people that are like, "What is this?" You know, yeah. I don't know. Did you ever put the album down for a while or is it always no. been in regular rotation?
1: And I'm glad you said that because that's one of the few ones that fit into any time frame that I was in, you know, because I had that. I'm not listening to nothing but pop punk. Uh, no, you know, I'm, I'm Epitaph Records all the way, you know. Right. Or uh, we had I,
0: those I, moments in our life when you and I, we were just very into punk and very into like yeah. harp, Screamo and that kind of stuff. We had those moments, but I never put this album down ever.
1: Yeah, it's in that same group of albums that I have maybe ten. Well, probably uh-huh. more than now, but I never stopped listening because it would fit into any
0: time frame. Doing this podcast, I, I've you know I'm I'm having people come on and sometimes listening to albums I've not listened to in a long time. Like I've been listening to Undertow from Tool, and me too, and really, yeah, like nonstop. Uh, well, I've not listened to that album since the, since the nineties. And I'm like, I listened to Dookie cause I got our friend Christian coming on doing green days Dookie. And I've not listened cool. to that since the nineties. So it feels kind of like weird almost to kind of revisit those albums, you know, like, yeah. like they feel like I'm unearthing something, but this album job boxes for your own special sweetheart. I mean, it just feels like a fucking Tuesday, you know, it's just like, this yeah. is just, this, <laughs> this is yeah. like I, to, to start my morning with that is, is I've been doing that for, you know, 25 years or whatever, or 30 years totally agree it's been
1: extremely consistent and one of the reasons is is because it's recorded so incredibly well because that has a lot to do with it
0: yeah you're right man the recording is awesome
1: you know when i'm riding my bike to work there are some amazing albums you know like for example like a dead kennedy's album right but it's not Mm -hmm. recorded well enough for me to listen to on the bike when there's all that stuff going on because it's all tinny yeah but jawbox has that i don't know it's it's got that low mid where it just, it works. I can't yeah. explain it, but they've always been there.
0: You know, I admittedly had to look this up. It was produced by Ted Nicely, who I've heard of. I don't know Ooh. if you've heard of I have of him, no idea. <laughs> according to Wikipedia, he's known for producing Jawbox. Fugazi, Girls Against Boys, which that makes a whole lot of sense. Both those bands um, okay. fit right you now. Like, Imagine seeing Fugazi and Jawbox and Girls Against Boys all live together. That'd be fucking sure. incredible. Did you yeah. ever see Jawbox live?
1: I've never seen Jawbox live and it's, it's upsetting. It's a disappointment.
0: Well, it, it was hard for us. Cause I mean, they came like this album broke when we were 13 and yeah. they broke up by the time we were 16 or 17. Yeah. And um, so for me, they were like, you know, and I felt the same. It might, I was like, if they ever get back together, I must see them. And I did, I saw them in 2019 uh, before Bill Bardot left the band. He's, he left the band because they live too far apart, which is like the dumbest reason. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> yeah, okay, like your job I've, box. I've done some things. Uh, yeah. I mean, I broke up <laughs> our high school band because I wanted to spend more time with my girlfriend. So I guess I, uh, there are That's dumber insane. reasons. Right. I've done real dumb things. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got to see them in 2019 at the union transfer in Philadelphia. It was like right up front. Oh, and not to rub it in but it was such oh, a we'll moment go for it Yeah, you know, it was such like i've finally done it like i've achieved yeah. nirvana like i finally fucking saw the band this holy grail band it was amazing
1: that's incredible yeah i would have liked to see and, and the one thing i have to mention is my favorite cover the best cover i've ever heard is cornflake girl when they covered Amos's cornflake i mean that's how they did it i mean it's i don't care it's better than the original it's amazing i love that's my favorite cover now there are other ones that are high in the running but and i know that one i think is the one secret song on the second
0: on the on the self-titled self-titled yeah it's such a surprise did you ever listen to like all right so i actually hate when bands release hate that's a strong word but i don't really care for it (laughs) when like remastered versions are put out well i guess remastered is okay it's just like on Spotify or whatever, here's the album, and then there's like ten more songs like, exactly. beyond the album. You're, you're, you know what I mean? I totally
1: agree with yes. I if hate you're gonna, that. If you remaster it, yeah, <laughs> very opinionated. If you remaster <laughs> it, that's fine, but I don't want to hear any of the other shit.
0: Right. So the other shit, which there's like three other songs from this era. Did you ever listen to them? Like, uh, what are uh, they called? Uh, Little Shaver is one of them. I don't think so. Yeah, there's like a special edition of this album that has stuff recorded from this era on it. I don't know why I've never really dug into it. I guess this album feels kind of holy to me. Like, don't fuck with it. You're exactly right. Like, it's one of those where there's just specific, like, even like,
1: so Hum, the band Hum. Like, I'll listen to their two albums. Or no, mm-hmm. sorry, now it's three. But I won't listen to Electra 2000, except for it's like Ironclad Lou maybe. But I have albums, I guess you'd say. I'm the guy who has just the albums.
0: What do you mean? Like, that's what you listen to. You don't like listen yeah. to mixes and stuff.
1: Like, I won't listen to the entire band's catalog like ever. Like I'll <sighs> just, I'll just listen to like only one the, yeah one album or two albums or that's it. And it's very <laughs> rare that, that I'll listen to like, I'll just pop in all of them. Like I have specific albums, like, okay, we're going to listen to drawbacks. So that means I'm listening to For your own special sweetheart and maybe yeah. be the one after that,
0: but that's it. I do the same thing I mean there'll be a band With like some you know just a, some Storied band and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm gonna Listen to these two albums that's pretty much it Although sometimes if they're Big enough I'll start like kind of working my way Through them yeah uh, what song should we Go out on for this interview with you What would be like the the closer Oh it's I already know it It's was it breathe is that the one that's Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's it that's the one That's the one that's the one
0: Okay all right that's a good one <laughs>
1: <laughs> i love that man that one influenced me big time yeah how they single note pick the notes in the i think it's the chorus or it's the whole song basically but i was like oh that's so cool no band does that a lot of bands do it but i was like
0: that's awesome <laughs> it felt new at the time right
1: felt yeah, super new <laughs>
0: that's great all right i'm gonna give you some options some shows that you could have seen live mm-hmm in mm-hmm. 1994 bands that were touring I don't know exactly what came to Detroit but I know at least what was like touring around that time so I'm going to give you some options it's 1994 you're going to go back in time the year or the even the date for your own special came out bands that were on tour at this time that you could have seen yes. include Rush the band Rush was touring with Candlebox oh That's my god option. I thought they were touring with Primus in 93 they toured with Primus and I saw that I know. Uh, the following year, they toured. I was with jealous. Candlebox. <laughs> Candlebox? Madonna's album Madonna or Madonna's record label. They Candlebox. were on that.
1: Yeah.
0: All I know. Aerosmith was uh, touring. You could have seen Aerosmith. <clears throat> <clears throat> that was an option. <laughs> nope. Uh, you could have seen Nirvana with the Buzzcocks. Oh, my. Really? With the Buzzcocks? Yep. Huh? Interesting. Yep. And you could have seen around that time also touring was the Crash Test Dummies. I don't know who they were touring with. So <laughs> you're going to go see a band. Are you going to see the Crash Test Dummies, Nirvana on the Buzzcocks? What else did I say? You said Rush. Aerosmith. I already know the answer. You're going to you see Rush.
1: Rush? I'm, I'm, are you, are you, yes. I'm going to see <laughs> Rush. I'm absolutely. Rushing Candlebox? I mean, more like Rush, but I mean, Nirvana is a close second, but I have right. to see Rush, which I had never seen.
0: I kind of figured, oh, you never saw Rush? No, Travis. I saw Rush and you didn't? That's wild. That's not right. I've never seen Rush. There was a like a 40 minute drum solo.
1: And I've never seen Jawbox. Dude, just do an episode on Vans Morgan's never seen. So I'll, just cry. <laughs> I'll just cry in the corner and maybe you can do, you know, some diapers or something.
0: Rub it in festival. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, if I ever get a time machine, I will take you personally back to see Rush with Candlebox. You've chosen wisely, Rush and Candle. I mean, Candlebox should be fun to see back in the day, too.
1: Yeah, it's not like I load them, but like I just never, I was like Candlebox. And then I'm thinking Rush, amazing.
0: They were just like a hair away from being Collective Soul, which made them like two hairs away from being Creed. Oh my God. You just kind of, I got to go.
1: Gr- I'm done now. I don't know. <laughs> and they know. all start with the letter C. <laughs> yeah, Collective Soul, <laughs> Candlebox, Creed. I'm on to
0: something. Crash Test Dummies. <laughs> All right, any last points you wanted to make about uh, for your own special sweetheart? Anything that we didn't cover? No, not, <laughs> not really. I just, I mean, I can't stress
1: it up at that, that, I mean, it will forever go down in like in my top five albums of all time because of the listenability. Like, I can listen to it and I get all these memories come back. It's new every time because I get something from it every time I listen to it. It's an incredible. It's an incredible album.
0: I think you hit it. Like it feels new even still. I listen to it all the time and it's still like I mean, yeah. maybe it helps if we don't know the, the song titles that well because I'll be like, I'll kinda collect the one randomly sometimes and I'll be like, Oh yeah, that song fucking rules. <laughs> cool. so I forgot which one that was.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not like a specific time piece where it was like, Oh, it's got this specific feel, it was recorded this way. The way that it's recorded makes it seem new every time you listen to it. It's it's fresh.
0: <laughs> it is. Yeah. All right, that's a, that's a good note to end on. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Morgan Peak and job boxes for your own special sweetheart. Two of my favorite things together as they have been since 1994, but also for me and for you, you know, it's new or different or something It's happening. Anyway, Morgan, so good to talk with him. If you are interested, you can hear music that me and Morgan made together in a band that we were in referenced in the episode I did with Dustin Lentz. When we talked about the Dinosaur Jr. album, Where You Been, he mentioned my band, Rain Is Wet, a couple times. We're on Spotify. If you wanted to find out what that sounds like, you could. Morgan, still jamming guitar, still playing guitar for us, and you've been hearing him play here a little bit here and there. He was kind enough to send in some uh, versions of him playing some of the riffage, some of the licks. Off this album, which is pretty cool. Good to have him on. He will be back. He is going to be back in the nearest future to discuss the 1994 album from the band Super Chunk. Foolish. So we're already planning on doing that. Maybe you'd like to come on. It doesn't always have to be one of my oldest and dearest friends. I'm totally happy to have a complete stranger on. If it's a thing that you're interested in doing. If you want to come on and talk with me, we can have a conversation about virtually whatever album you like. Um, you can just email me at ninety-three ninety-four podcast at gmail.com, find me on social media. <laughs> In the years 1993 and 1994, the band Cop Shoot Cop released two albums. In '94, they released Release, which is a kick-ass album. And in 1993, before that, they released the album Ask Questions Later. Ask Questions Later featured the single $10 bill that you're hearing right now. $10 bill in your pocket, $10 bill. With that green back. What kind of thrill? they were so weird to me and awesome horns and like hardcore sort of they really carve their own path kind of i mean i think comparisons could be made to say rocket from the crypt but these guys are like doing something dark and grimy and just so new york where i've never been still but I, I sense it in these albums. And so it would be fun to have someone to talk about these albums with me or virtually any other album that you want to come on and talk about. Uh, yeah, so, and if you want more of me, by the way, I have another podcast. It's called Cinema 9, the Cinema 9 Podcast. I do that with my buddies Eric and Mike. And uh, we talk about movies. We just talk about movies every week. We talk about a different movie and ask ourselves, does it still hold up? So, by all means, check that out. And I think that's it for now. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, no, that, that that's it. Bye. Before music podcast with Travis Roy is a labor of love. It is not and never will be monetized. Please don't sue.